Coming up on Podcast 1597, China's GAC shows off their brutally quick 480 kilowatt DC fast charger. Stick around. I'll tell you what I know. Also on the podcast today, New York's Drive Clean program runs out of money. National Drive Electric Week is coming. And should house builders be building new houses with EV charges installed or not? Well, I'll ask for your opinion on that. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you're listening in the world. Welcome to EV News Daily, your trusted source of EV information. And, of course, we will pass on our Patreon thanks, as always, at the end of the podcast, as we do on Sunday's shows. It is the 18th of September. My name is Martin Lee, and I've been through every EV story over the weekend, so you don't have to. We'll start with news about General Motors. GM's investing $491 million in Indiana to support EV production, announcing over the weekend they'll invest $491 million in its Indiana Metal Stamping Operations facility to prepare for steel and aluminium stamped parts for the future electric vehicles they'll be making at the various assembly plants. Another example of how the move to electrification is inspiring investment all across the industry. Work will begin later this year in expanding the site by another 6,000 square feet with new press lines and die upgrades. Indiana is actually the number one ranked manufacturing production state in America per capita and it's in the top three for automotive, points out the Governor Eric Holcomb. Well, that site was first opened in 1956 and it'll be stamping sheet metal parts for the electric vehicles coming out of Chevrolet and GMC and Cadillac as well. Now, let's go to China, where the GAC Group have showed off their new car. Most people, when they think of a Chinese EV, think small and cheap, like the Wuling Hongguang Mini EV. You know, a few thousand dollars, it'll seat two people, it'll crumple in a crash. It's just their kind of, that's their preconception when you say, oh, a new Chinese EV is coming. Of course, the world has changed. They're outdated um, preconceptions. Now, GAC Group are unveiling their new electric car for the Chinese market, and it's a hypercar. Yep, the Chinese have even got their own hypercars these days. I wonder if it'll be sold in Western markets. It's going to be called the Hyper SSR. It's an all-electric hypercar, gullwing doors, 913 kilowatts of power. What? That's crazy. Uh, the supercar is going to be available in two versions. Now, the regular version, the boring old regular slow coach version, is going to go 0 to 62 miles an hour, 0 to 100 k's, in 2.3 seconds. Ah, oh, boring snooze fest. Don't get the regular one. You'll want the ultimate version uh, because the regular one will cost you 190,000 euros, about 1.3 million yuan. Uh, but the ultimate version is going to cost 1.7 million yuan. That's about 240,000 euros. It'll do 0 to 62 miles an hour in 1.9 seconds. It's going to be produced and delivered by October this time uh, next year, actually, about 12 months away. Uh, the super sports car will have 12,000 newton metres of torque. It'll be on a 900-volt platform. And if anyone is thinking still that Chinese production, Chinese electric vehicles, is kind of like a byword for cheap and nasty, you couldn't be more wrong. They're doing some very interesting things. And like I said, I wonder if that'll be sold just in China or you know, elsewhere. We'll wait and see. But talking of that company... I put that story first because I thought, well, let's mention GAC because actually there's the headline story to talk about here. And that is GAC's very fast charging technology. Now, this just happens to be the latest fully charged video that I saw. I'd been reading about the technology anyway, and I saw that China's or fully charged man in China, Elliot Richards, had posted a video on the fully charged channel. So I was like, you know what? It's a chance for me to talk about it. It's the new... Chargers, the new DC fast chargers from GAC 
and Greater Bay Technology uh, in Guangzhou is the ultimate company of that. But the GAC Ion V is the car I think he was driving, and that will go naught to eighty percent in eight minutes. Eight minutes. That eight minutes isn't possible to go and queue up and get a coffee and get back to your car, and then you're ready to go again. Well, there are two types of cells they're making in terms of how quickly you can charge them. GAC have their three C cells, and the C rate the C rate is a, is a way of describing how quickly a battery can charge or discharge in relation to its size. I won't go into the nerdy stuff now, but they've got the the three C or a battery that operates at 6C rate. Now, the bog standard battery, again, oh, boring, it's the standard one, only doing 522 amps. <laughs> it's a 400-volt system, uh, but it will take 480 kilowatts of charge speed. You can do 80% in 15 minutes. Now, in the video, Elliot did 30 to 80. I don't know why he plugged in at 30, because I don't. 30 to 80 isn't really a, an established way of measuring it. You'd normally do like a 10 to 80 or a 5 to 80. I think 10 to 80% is pretty much becoming more and more common as a way. You don't want to drive too low when you're on a road trip, but equally when it gets to 80, it'll start to slow down. He did a 30 to 80% charge though, and it was about 10 minutes. Now, the battery, the more advanced battery, which isn't quite on the road yet, it's under development, but it will be out in a few months in road-going vehicles. That is 558 amps on an 800-volt system, and the charging time with the 6C battery, a 6C rate, will be 8 minutes to go 0 to 80%, or 5 minutes for a quick splash and dash 30 to 80. Now, in the video, uh, fully charged only did the 3C battery in the Ion V. And considering that's their existing technology, this is not pie in the sky, in the lab, it's on the road right now. It's a car that he drove to the charger that you can buy in China. And plugged in at 29%, and he got to 80% in 10 minutes. He charged about 250 kilowatts. And this is not a wildly expensive, you know, Porsche, Taycan, Audi, e-tron GT, which we'd normally have to buy to get those speeds. But in China, uh, this is a very, uh, a more affordable family car. And was still pulling 240 kilowatts at 84% before it started to ramp down. Really impressive. And if you think, well, uh, you know, they're just going to brick the battery that way. Well, you won't. GAC guarantee their batteries for a million kilometers and 1,600 extreme fast charging cycles. So the, the car falls apart before the battery does. <laughs> and at that point, they're still guaranteeing only 5% degradation on the battery. So look, it's super exciting. I love talking about technology like this that's on the road. Like the stuff in the lab, it's all interesting. It's coming. It's jammed tomorrow. But the stuff like this, which is out there right now, is brilliant. And and it's coming. And, and it's so analogous to a petrol station. A five-minute fill-up is literally not enough time to plug your car in, go inside to a petrol station, queue up, and pay. Maybe grab a sandwich or a roll for lunch and some supplies. And so I've always, over the years, this podcast, what is it, four and a bit years now, pretty consistently said, I'm not sure we should be converting petrol stations to EV stations because it doesn't work like that. You charge overnight, you charge low and slow. It's cheap on your home cheap rate electric. And if you can, you charge at home overnight. And 
all those things. And I've always said, look, petrol stations are where they are because they serve a purpose and the technology of refilling combustion fuel lead those petrol stations or, or to be where they are. But when you start to recharge a car in five minutes, I mean, you really could over the next decade, and I've been wrong on this, if this is the case, if we are moving towards cars that recharge in five minutes, an average family car, you really are talking about if you wanted to in those, you know, because petrol stations can often be in big cities, big urban areas, in parcels of land where they're either not allowed to be used for other land use purpose, uh, or if they did get sold off, immediately, you know, developed into a block of flats, etc. So maybe we do protect that land that petrol stations are on, and we just don't sell combustion that we set a light to in an engine in front of us, but we use that land and we take out the petrol pumps and we put in EV pumps. And maybe there is an analogy there, which I didn't think there was. There are two different technologies. Let's have two different solutions. But hey, maybe. I mean, five minutes is crazy fast. Uh, That is not enough to even have a proper comfort rest stop. Amazing. Loves talking about stuff like this. But I'd love to get your thoughts, your feelings, your feedback. Um, you can email hello at evnewsdaily.com. Uh, how are you feeling about technology like this? Do we need to recharge a car in five minutes? Do we need to pay extra? Do you, you worry about that? If you're stopping an EV, are you stopping for 20 minutes or half an hour to have a proper break? Or do you think for it to reach that next stage of mass adoption, we do need to be doing that and getting to the point of where you refill an EV as fast as you can refill your petrol car. I'd like to know. I'd like to know your thoughts, your opinions. Uh, please send me your feedback. Uh, my email address is hello at evnewsdaily.com. Reminder that our Patreon subscribers, you get your own email address as well that comes straight through to me so I can respond to it um, quicker. One of the perks and benefits of being a Patreon supporter, along with your ad-free feed, uh, so you haven't got to listen to the adverts uh, that support the free show that everyone else gets. Speaking of which... I'll be back in a moment. We'll talk more about Neo battery swapping, New York's drive clean rebate, running out of money, and National Drive Electric Week is back this year. I'll give you all the details. Stick around. Now, staying with the Chinese EV maker, but coming over to Europe, and Neo celebrating the shipment of its first battery swap station made at their new Hungarian facility. It left on Friday two days ago. Produced by Neo Power, the company's first overseas plant, the Neo facility supports a thousand battery swap stations being built outside of China by 2025. In the second half of this year, Neo's power services will be available in Germany, Netherlands, Sweden, Denmark, according to a statement from Neo. Now, the globaltimes.cn website, so, okay, uh, big disclaimer here, this is Chinese media, say the following. Analysts said that the EV industrial chain from upstream to downstream can be divided into four parts. Batteries, including materials and manufacturing, EV production and sales, EV usage, and uh, recycling. From all aspects, Chinese enterprises are in the leading position across the EV industrial chain and are accelerating their overseas layout to further secure the dominant position. Now, again, like I say, I'm reading there from globaltimes.cn. That's China saying that's Chinese state media. Uh, however, uh, they also point out that China does produce 75%, 75% of all lithium batteries, home to 70% of production capacity of cathodes and 85% of anodes, key components used in batteries. Uh, big lithium battery makers in China invested 63 billion US dollars equivalents to build new production lines in the first half of half of this year alone 
generating extra capacity of 1,069 gigawatt hours for electric vehicles. So no wonder there is um, a lot to lose, let's say. On yesterday's podcast, I talked about how the Chinese ambassador uh, warned the United States not to go their own way and make their own domestic supply chain of battery materials and, and EV cells. Well, they're obviously going to say that because China is massively in charge right now. And at any point, they can say, you're not playing with our toys anymore. And that puts the rest of the world in a precarious position. So, yeah, not surprised they're going to say that to the US. Uh, but frankly, I think that's exactly what the US are doing, doing that. But interesting. Right, let's move on. And New York, if you live in the area and you use their Drive Clean rebate program, they've run out of money, unfortunately. New York State's Drive Clean EV rebate program, according to the state agency that runs the program, have run out of cash. This morning on the Electric Vehicles subreddit uh, points out the Clean Drive EV rebate program had contacted one particular EV buyer to say he would no longer receive the funds he applied for because the program is out of cash. Now, Teslarati reached out to a numerous uh, to numerous parts of the New York State government and got it confirmed. Uh, Teslarati writes, the agency confirmed to Teslarati this morning that both the program had run out of money and the customers who recently applied would no longer receive the funds they applied for. Teslarati was told that new funding will be given to the program soon. No timeline, though. Even though money was no longer available currently, do, if you're in the area, do apply for the rebate when funds become available. However, because of the way it's structured, you may have to work with your dealership again to once again apply in the future. And there's no saying when that funding will become available. It's a bit of a mess, isn't it? It is a little bit messy. It could be better. Now, National Drive Electric Week is returning to North America to promote the use and importance of EVs. They're over 10 years in now aren't they? This must be year 12 or 13 of National Drive Electric Week. They focus on clean energy futures, and they say the shift to clean energy might be hard, and not everyone's willing to embrace it as the future. And the event will take place next Friday, so September 23rd, and it lasts for over a week. It's a, like an eight- or nine-day period. It ends on Sunday, October the 2nd. According to the website that I'm having a look at here, it is driveelectricweek.org. If you're interested, uh, they say National Drive Electric Week from September 23rd is a nationwide celebration to raise awareness of how many benefits you have with all-electric and plug-in hybrid cars, trucks, motorcycles, and more. Are you going to go RSVP for an in-person or online event to learn from owners who have done so? And obviously through COVID, it was, like many things, impacted. But lots of, with National Drive Electric Week, what I think is great about that is it tends to be all about the community. It has done, in, certainly until now, with EVs not part of the mainstream. Uh, it was the early adopters, uh, really, in terms of the electric vehicle com- community, wanting to help others. And that I think that continues to be the case by the way, with National Drive Electric Week, where people will turn up to events with their electric cars uh, or others who will come along who are EV curious and say, you know, don't the batteries die after three months and they only go about 10 miles down the road? And you can dispel all those myths and say, come and have a ride in my electric car. Uh, And that tends to be what I think it's all about and that sense of community. So uh, if you are getting involved in that, I'd love to know what particular events you are going to, maybe even volunteering or organising one yourself. Let me know and I can promote it on the podcast. Well, I saw a post on LinkedIn crop up on my LinkedIn feed. I, I, I find all different sources of information for you on this podcast, but this one cropped up on my LinkedIn feed. It's Dr. Gagstatter. 
who is the president of Bosch Powertrains. And he was, I must follow him uh, at some point in the past. I noticed that he posted this. We are now starting volume production of the new drive unit for light commercial vehicles with an electric motor and integrated inverter controlling the electric motor, providing connection to a high voltage battery. Our engineers have based the design of the electric motor and inverter on technology used in passenger cars. It speeds up the development phase considerably, cutting costs, and the software is largely responsible for the behavior of the electric drive and can be tailored to our customers' requirements. The drive module rolls off production lines in Germany. And he was reposting an official Bosch post on LinkedIn, if that makes sense, uh, which says, e-mobility for the last mile is the title of the Bosch post. Uh, Bosch is starting the volume production of their new drive unit for light electric vehicles, uh, making its debut uh, in Daimler Trucks, their first customer. And uh, that's great, by the way, but I'm not sure about the title saying e-mobility for the last mile. I mean, we're getting to the stage, really, that e-mobility can be for any mile and that you don't have to think, well, if you want to do three, four, five hundred kilometers, then you're going to have to use another form of, of propulsion. I think that last mile deliveries will take up the bulk of the attention with EVs, but I wouldn't say that you have to focus only on last mile anymore. Maybe it should be e-mobility for any mile. There you go. There's an idea, Bosch. I think Bosch... And not, uh, I need to check this. I think Bosch are the world's number one supplier to the automotive industry, whether it's software, parts, et cetera, et cetera. So when they do stuff, always interesting because, uh, you know, they're going to be, it's going to be used in many places. Now, uh, you may know the word, the name Cummins in terms of powertrains and electric motors. Cummins acquired a company called Meritor recently, and for the first time, they're now showing off their new system. Uh, they'll be showing it off at IAA in Germany and Hanover uh, for heavy-duty trucks this time, uh, the sort of 44-ton weight applications. Their new solution uh, uses a lithium-ion phosphate battery pack and their motor integrated motor powertrain technology as well. And again, it's a solution that their customers can use, this time for real big heavy-duty trucking and for a, they say a diverse diverse applications across the globe they say in heavy duty and medium duty trucking and work cycles i'll pop a link to the cummings website where i found this press release if you're interested in reading more and i'm sure that the minute that the tesla semi truck is out on the market and we see them flying around actually being used in real life as it were i'm sure that all of a sudden commercial vehicles particularly trucking heavy duty trucking will reach a level of mainstream media coverage which until now you know, you're hearing this because you're subscribing to an EV podcast, and I find it interesting to talk about. Hopefully, you find it interesting to hear about these little developments. They're all happening in the background, but I think the minute, you know, because Tesla are so, they cut through so much in the mainstream, whether you, you know, whether you like or hate Elon Musk, whether you, you know, it, it's just kind of clicky, isn't it, when Tesla get involved, that I think all of a sudden there'll be a lot more focus on commercial vehicles and trucking and things like that. But we haven't got to wait for the, the semi truck because. Other companies are doing it and have been for a long time. And I've been talking about it a long time on the podcast. And it's brilliant and interesting and wonderful and well done. Not so good is this article I found in the Guardian newspaper. Last story today, and Britain's biggest house builders have been privately lobbying the government to ditch the rules requiring EV car chargers in every new home in England, documents have revealed. This was a policy announced by our Prime Minister, the previous one, called Boris Johnson. And he announced it at a speech where he also went on to talk about Peppa Pig World, which is not far from where I 
I live, funnily enough. Uh, but I think he'd recently been to Peppa Pig World, which is a theme park based around, as you can imagine, the child's cartoon Peppa Pig. And our little, my little boy loves Peppa Pig. And so that got all of the press attention that day because it was another example of the media going, is our Prime Minister slightly bonkers? Yes, we know he is, and that's why he got sacked in the end. But in that announcement, the point was all house builders having to put in electric car chargers. Now, the big listed companies, the Barrett developments of the world, the Barclays, the Taylor Wimpies of the world that build whole housing estates among the companies that have been lobbying secretly behind closed doors. You don't know about this. Against government policy in responses to an official consultation, the Guardian used a Freedom of Information request uh, to get access to this. And the blatant lobbying was criticised by the campaign group Transport and Environment. Now, the Guardian says that swapping cars powered by fossils for clean electrons is viewed by everyone, from scientists to governments, as the key to reaching net zero, alongside increased public transport and, indeed, active transport. The house builders who responded secretly behind closed doors, and you hate to think, you know, obviously there's a lot of influence being wielded here by these big companies, stated their opposition, namely cost. They warned that mandating installation of EV chargers will lock homeowners in to obsolete technology, that there was a risk of electric shocks, and that even the plan would prevent owners from choosing between different cars because the plug sockets would be wrong. Taylor Wimpy warned the installation of chargers will result in fewer homes being built. Barclay Group said it did not believe chargers would be required at every parking space because people charge at work or the gym, in quotes. I disagree that they should be putting chargers on the wall. They shouldn't be picking the technology. They should be wiring up, in my opinion, wiring up a 32-amp. And if you're going three-phase, that's different, but it won't be single-phase. A 32-amp circuit... And having that match ready, as it were, so that you can choose, well, what am I going to do with that? So it's ready to go. There's a cable on the wall. There's a, either a distribution box or is there, a, there, there is something ready to go. The cabling is all in. It's done at the point of installation. So it's very a construction. So it's very, very cheap. And it's ready to go. So whatever charger you want to buy and put on your wall. I don't think they, should be, they shouldn't be picking the winners in terms of the technology and the charging companies uh, or the, 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 the EVSE producers. I don't know. What do you think? Am I wrong? Uh, let me know. Thanks to our premium partners of the podcast and all of our, pod, our Patreon supporters. Uh, Phil Roberts of Electric Future, Brad Crosby, Porsche of The Village in Cincinnati, Audi of Cincinnati East, and Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East. National Car Charging on the US mainland and Aloha Charge in Hawaii. Derek Riley and his EV Review Island YouTube channel. Richard at rsev.co.uk for buying and selling EVs in the UK. Octopus Electric Universe. Global Public Charging made simple with one app and one map. And Cottages.co.uk. Check out the website. Book your stay in five-star luxury cottages in Devon. Thanks to David and Lisa Allen and my pals that have supported the podcast for a really long time. Thank you guys. Yuka Kukunen at shift2electric.com and I definitely want to be doing some more around what's happening in the US but I can say no more. Uh, Rajiv Narayan, thank you my friend. Michael Lumley, hi to you all the gang at Recurrent Auto. You can get your battery reports at recurrentauto.com 
and thanks to all of our exec producers. Quick mention, as it's Sunday, Adam Bruton, Adrian Bond, Alan Shedd, Alex Banahini, Alexander Frank, Anders Hove, Andrea Jefferson, Andrew Lawoma, and Andy Nancaro, and Lillian Casp. Asir Khalid, Biard Fuchstack, Bill Calhoun, Blaine McKinney, Blunderbuss Jones, Brian O'Leary, Brian Thompson, Bruce Bohannon, Chad Lane, Charles Hall, Christopher Bath, and Colin Hennessy, and Cam ZV. Craig Rogers, David Dysart, David Finch, David Partington, David Prescott, and DCEV, Ed Cortine, Eddie Regassa, Eric Hansen, Eru Huni Nyombi, Frederick Rovic, Gene Rubin, George Totorolo, Granton Smith, Heinrich Leisner, and Ian Waddy Watkins. Ian Griffiths, Ian Sir, Jack Oakley, Jacob Kuhn, James Storr, Javier Camelo Diaz Perez, Jim Morris, John Schroeder, John Vandervoort, and John, who is Beardy McBeard face at Ken TVs. John Manchak, Juan Gonzalez, Kester Sandback, Kevin Masson, Lawrence D. Allen, Lee Brown, Luke Cully, Marcel Ward, and Marty Young, Matty Yukimo, Mike Winter, Mike Wise, Nathan Gore Brown, Nathan King, Nathaniel Friedman, and Neely Roberts from Sussex EVs. Ohad Aston, Paul Stevenson, Pete Remy, Pete Glass, Pete Gordon, Peter and D. Roberts, Peter Reiner, Phil Moucher, Philip Troutman, Raj Badwell, Raymond Rowledge, Realtors Choice Photography, Rene Kimmick, Rod from the uh, Rob and his RS Thinks EV channel on YouTube, Robbie NY, Robert Grace, Ron Fisher, Rupert Mitchell, Psyche Payne, Stephen Penn, Steve John, The Plug Seekers EV YouTube channel, Thomas Cook, Thomas JTS, Timothy Phillips, and Tyler Voss. Have a good one. See you tomorrow. And remember, there is no such thing as a self charging hybrid. <laughs>